0: Hello, hello. It's Brooke DeVard and you're listening to the Naked Beauty Podcast. I hope everyone is doing well. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. This episode is with actress, podcaster, Bianca Sia. And she is one of the most entertaining people I have ever had on this show. I just appreciate a good sense of humor so much. And she has got that in spades. Bianca is also one half of my favorite podcast, How Neil Feel. And How Neil Feel, I listen every single week faithfully. It has nothing to do with beauty whatsoever. She and co-host Neil Brennan talk about social issues. They talk about race. They talk about dating. I find it so entertaining Now, Neil Brennan, her co-host, very famously co-created The Chappelle Show with Dave Chappelle. He's a great stand-up comedian. I love his special three mics. He's really loved and respected in the industry as an amazing comedian. But, I have to say, I listened to the show for Bianca. I just love her personality and the energy she brings to each episode. And I've always wanted to know more about her and her background and her approach to beauty. And so I was so excited to get her on the show. But I must say her approach to beauty is very unconventional. Some of the tips I heard on this are things that I have never heard before. And she had me cracking up. So I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I enjoyed talking to her. Other than that, all is well. I got my braids put in, and you know, when you're going into protective styling, and and black women listening, you guys know when you're doing protective styling, you're not going to get to your hair to do like a good thorough wash for a long time. So I take my cleansing in between protective styles very seriously. But recently, I tried a new product um, from Malin and Getz. It's a foaming scalp detox mask. It basically The same kind of chemicals that you would expect in an exfoliator for your face, like AHAs, are in this mask. And it basically helps to exfoliate dead skin cells, any excess oil or dirt on the scalp before you even shampoo and it foams upon contact. So I did that scalp detox mask. You leave it on for like five minutes before I did my shampoo, conditioner, my full wash day. And my scalp just felt so refreshed afterwards. If you guys want to see a video tutorial of that, go to the Instagram account at Naked Beauty Planet. And you can see on my IGTV, I just did like a full wash day routine. So feel free to check that out. All right, let's get into the episode with Bianca. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. (laughs) I'm very excited because you are one half of my favorite podcast, How Neil Feel, which I've listened to faithfully for two years. It's been two years, hasn't it? Yeah, almost. Yeah. Time flies when you're having a lot of interesting conversations. (laughs) I love your personality and I feel like you're such a great balance encounter to Neil. And I listen in the car sometimes. And my husband, when I'm listening, he'll be like, Brooke, they're sleeping together. <laughs>
1: like, I, no, People, no. I swear we're dating.
0: I'm like, guys, believe it or not. <laughs> I'm always like, no, they just have great chemistry. And I'm like, and I also, just, I'm like, Bianca's like a natural flirt. You know, people whose personalities are flirtatious. You gets just have, me, God damn it. gets me, goddammit. I have flirtatious personality. I
1: do it with girls too. I mean, it's not like... Only with men and women, I'm like, "What's up?" Like, "Hey, girl!" Like, I'm exactly. Thank you. Some people don't get get it.
0: it. I get it. I'm so excited to have you on, also because you are a young actress out in Hollywood, and you've you've been in lots of things. You were in Snowfall. You've done music videos. Even like I heard you say you were like in a Big Sean music video, which like like no,
1: I've been in. Let me tell you something. I've done every. (laughs) I've done every single gosh darn job in Hollywood. I have done it all like especially at the beginning you're like oh yeah let me do let me do do everything i've been in so many music videos really i refuse to tell people because it's i don't know i think it's like a rite of passage when you're just doing the hollywood hustle you just get placed in music videos so easily
0: i feel like you Um, should brag about that
1: no they're not great even some are big ones but i'm like oh in the vault, I just don't want. not But I remember going through it the other day. Was someone was like, "Show me stuff you've been." In. I'm like, "I'll show you the bad stuff." That's kind of funny. Yeah. And after a while, I was like, "Oh my! I've been in so many." Am I a professional music video actress? How sad.
0: sad. That was a thing. Being a video girl, that's a niche.
1: Well, no, they're not. I'm not a video girl in them. I'm acting. So True. You yeah, got yeah. the, the, not the like quality of in a car. No, no, they're not hiring me for that. But the quality of narrative in a music video, I mean, outside of like Hype Williams. Right. It's thin, thin plots, thin narratives.
0: Yes. (laughs) But you know, it's so interesting with you being an actress, even when I go to Google you, it's like, who is she dating is something that comes up. Your height and weight is like, available on the internet. What? How much do I weigh? How much do 103 pounds, according to uh oh, certain page.
1: Never change it. 103? <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> but, or maybe it was 113.
0: I think it was 100. No, girl, just keep it at 103. <laughs> just, don't edit that out. <laughs> but being an actress, it's sort of this weird thing because being beautiful is sort of part of the job as well. And so that's why I'm so curious to talk to you today because I want to understand what your relationship with beauty is like when it sort of also becomes part of your profession.
1: Well, it's weird. You're completely typecast. That's the name of the game. I can bring up some old breakdowns and the, the, the breakdowns are it's, sometimes... it's. Wait, what's a breakdown? What's a breakdown? Oh, I'm sorry. So when you get an audition... It's called like a breakdown and the description is early 20s. And then they describe what they're looking for for the role. And, you know, some are so gosh darn rude, but they really are what exactly you look like, like really based on your race and your outward appearance and your physical appearance. It's really not about, you know, you could be like, wait, I'm Native American. It's like, girl, you're you're Persian today. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's it's about what you look like. And that's the name of the game. So it's almost like the opposite of what you're taught. Like, don't judge a book by its cover. Like, you can be anything. But if you're trying to act, no, you're actually, you go on an audition and you look and you see a bunch of people that look similar to you. Interesting. It's weird. But you end up being cool and you see everybody at the same auditions. Like, hey girl, how are you? Like, da-da-dee. So that's like a nice watering hole aspect of it. But the part that's a little weird is, getting used to it being like you're
0: on a paper, you know? Yes. Almost like a bot. Like, right? okay. Right. Because they're not only judging your acting, they're judging how you look and how you're going to look on camera.
1: Yeah, they're judging mostly how you look. The acting is, you know, you can be a good actress, but if you don't look the part, and that doesn't mean you have to be beautiful. One of my old acting teachers was really successful in the 90s, and he was very overweight. And then when he lost a lot of weight to be healthy, he never booked a gig again. He was, really? Yeah, because they're like, you're not fat enough, dude. Wow. We need the fat, funny guy, and you're not fat. And so it's really harsh like that. Like, it's not soft language. It's like, I have a, like less than three days to cast this. Let's go. But I, I will say that it's just kind of messed up. When you talk about beauty in Hollywood, It's it's kind of messed. It's like, it's messed up. I remember one time I went on a... I was. I wanted to be represented by this management company, and the head of the company was like, "Oh, come in. Like, let's have a meeting." He was, I laugh at this. I'm like, "I think I'm cute." What he was like, you know, I really think you should just try to become a comedian because very pretty for comedy. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, well, I mean i I think I have natural comedic timing. I don't think you can, but I, I don't want to be a comedian. I I'm an actress, and I studied like drama. And he was like you know, drama, it's for beauty queens. And I was like,
0: but you're beautiful. Oh,
1: I mean, thank you. We're like, I was like, what? Uh, hello. All, all God's children, motherfucker. Like, I'm beautiful. And he was just like, no, it's just, it's beauty queens. It was almost like I was in like beauty hospice, like go with Jesus. Like, don't try to do this. When he's, I laughed. I was like, dude, I'm not gonna let this guy get." give right. me a complex, but I didn't think about it. I was like, Beauty queens, yeah. Well, how do you not it's a develop, comedy?
0: How do you not develop a complex though when you have like I feel like a big part of auditioning is rejection, right? It's just someone flat out saying like nope, 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 and that happens a lot. You probably get more no's than you get yeses. Doesn't that take a toll on your self esteem?
1: I think the
0: most important thing with
1: any industry is if you're not down for the lowest, ugliest part of the hustle. It's going to tear at you. So I like auditioning. I don't care. I know who I who I am. I think the difference is, for example, every other industry is defined by mostly yeses, mostly your successes and a few failures. Whereas in this industry, it's mostly no's, mostly failures, mostly not getting gigs. And you're really only defined by a few. Even if you look at very successful actors, they've done like 30 films, right. which you think, I mean, that's a lot. Okay. But- you think they're doing a hundred films or 200 films. And really, they have a lot of downtime between gigs. So artist life is really defined by, you really have to get used to failure. Yeah. Really fun. (laughs) But I did read this article that was talking about how to measure success. It basically said, if you fail soon in life, the sooner you fail in life, the more success the more positioned for success you are, because you have a taste for it, and you learn how to work with it whereas if you if you don't fail for a while when you do it's like kind of devastating, which is why I think child actors are a little they yeah. some of them can be a little messed up because you you win so early on yes and you don't really know why you're winning, but you know it's great, and then when you just start winning because your voice like matures or whatever. It's it's hard to take, but that might be a a small box blanket statement on child actors. Sorry, don't at me. My bad. Uh, but
0: yeah. But how how do you personally build up your self confidence and self esteem? Because you seem like a very self confident woman. You know, I talk to people that do affirmations. That like, have you always been really confident, or is it something that you work at? No, I was really self conscious
1: when I was a kid, but I made up for it extremely. I was extremely shy. My parents, thought, my parents thought I was autistic. They were like, we thought you were autistic when you were a child. Because I, I, was, I would go in a corner and face the wall and cry when I, something was wrong. And I was like, well, how, where is that girl? <laughs> Where'd she go? So I had to really break out of being really shy and like transferring all the thoughts that were happening in my head out. And I just was so embarrassed about everything. So uh, I've always had like a humorous side. And that really supplemented confidence for me. Okay. So I'm confident in being funny. Yeah. And kind of charismatic and having the attention that way. But I'm not confident having the attention in like a sexual way. So that got me through high school. And I think it developed that side. And then eventually, I don't know, I look at insecurities like you're either the lucky ones where they just, I don't know, they're like dead leaves on a plant that you haven't watered. They just kind of shrivel up and die and you don't feed the insecurities. And it's like, I used to hate my shoulder, you know, or some women have them till they are 95. Like my grandma won't let us won't let us see her upper arm. It depends on, I think, where that insecurity lives in you. So for me, I eventually was like, eh, kind of lazy. I'm even lazy about my insecurities. I was like, no one's affirmed them. They haven't been reaffirmed by the world and the environment. So I think they've just fallen off. And I do though still supplement. I don't walk around like I'm so fly, like 24-7. <laughs> it's more like, it. I still do supplement my confidence with personality confident,
0: confidence and not necessarily beauty confidence. Okay. You focus more on who you are versus what you look like.
1: Right. Because I've been in a position where I didn't get a lot of attention for what I look like in high school. I was very like, like, let me just be the funny girl and be, no, don't look at me. I'm going to dress like a tomboy so you can't even reject me because I'm not even looking for sexual attention. And so I think that's my comfort space. It's not because I just I don't know, looks fade. What is that? Ju- I love Judge Judy, her book, Looks Fade, Stupid as Forever. But really looks fade. So yes. I don't know. It's not something I can really invest in. In like maybe you can act like it, but I can't really lie to myself and be like, it's like, no, I'm gonna be a grandma at some point.
0: Yeah, we all are. You know?
1: We all are. We all are. Yes. And I, I also I your nightly regime. Oh. I love it. You just like you're all about the glow, do skin.
0: I am. Yeah, your skin is glowing. We're going to get into your skincare. Okay.
1: Later. I was like, I'm going to be so glowing for Brooke. <laughs> I have the glow for her.
0: Yeah, the gl- the glow. We see it. We see it. Um, <laughs> So, okay. You're from many cultures. You are yes. Black. You're Persian. You also ident- identify as Afro-Latina, right? There's a lot going on. But before we even get into your backgrounds, can we have a conversation about As a question, what are you? Because it's a question that I feel like when, and so for people, for white listeners that probably have never been asked, what are you? It's a question that's like triggering depending on who asks it. Because I've been thinking about this a lot. If I ask you as a black woman, Bianca, what are you? What's your racial ethnic background? I feel like it's different than like if a white straight guy comes up to me and says, so what are you? Or even if there's someone from another, like, I I feel like it's a question that I get a lot of time from like Uber drivers that are from other countries. Like they'll be from Ethiopia and they'll be like, oh, like, what's your background? Like, where, where are you from? And I know it's different than like that straight dude being like, so what are you? It's probably a question that you've been asked over and over again for millions of years. (laughs) Is is it a question that the dinosaurs, is it a question that annoys you? It doesn't
1: annoy me because I think I realize that human beings are into pattern recognition Mm. and they just need to know what you are. They just need to know. I don't know why (laughs) it's so it's such a pressing situation. But in that understanding that human beings just need to know because they need to put you somewhere, I excuse the human nature of it. And when you see it so many times, you realize that it doesn't matter as much as you think it does for example Mm. in la everyone thinks i'm ethiopian i don't think i look ethiopian at all but don't you tell an ethiopian i don't (laughs) south of fairfax i go to Ethiopia. i love ethiopian food when i go i don't like eating with my hands so i always ask for a fork and i always think i'm like i'm disappointing like (laughs) millions of years of ancestors here because like a fork within (laughs) jetta girl and so when i'm in uh new york everyone thinks i'm dominican Mm -hmm. when i'm in boston when I was in Boston, people were like, well, you Cape Verdean, girl. I'm like, Cape hey, Verdean. The <laughs> uh, they're like an island of people looks and I'm like, you know, I'm like, take me there. Take me there now. Uh, so I think it doesn't really matter. It's really about people's perception. So it's it's a few things. My mom is Colombian-Panamanian, but we're black. So yeah. black people from Latin America, Afro-Latin. I call African, I say Afro-American, it's just easier I say Afro-Latin, Afro-American, Afro. There, I'm, And then my dad's from Iran. Okay. So half Persian, Colombian, Panamanian, So Middle Eastern, Afro-Latin. But I say Afro because, because one, it's a really confusing topic for people, especially people mm. in America. Sometimes I, I want to tell people like, you know, there's a whole continent of us, right? <laughs> like everyone's black. Right. Everyone is really, they're so, you know, I do think black can be monolithic. So it's like, There's Afro-Iranians from like leftover from the slave trade and stuff like that. And people don't realize that there are black people from Iran. I believe, you know, who's Afro-Iranian is those two twins. They were in ATL, Malika and Khadija. They're like uh, the Kardashian.
0: Oh, like the BFFs of the Kardashians?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're Afro-Iranian.
0: Really? That's so funny. Their parents are
1: black from Iran.
0: Wow. Interesting. People
1: don't realize, yeah, it's really interesting. So people don't realize that, I just say Afro in front of things just to give credit to your lineage. But I don't think it's something we need to deeply concentrate on. If something happens to be, deal with Latin America or Iran, I chime in. But also in America, I mean, it's like, no one's checking your 23andMe. Me and you are Black women. <laughs> yeah. I say Black because it's just like a pan-colloquialism that we use. Yes. And... It can get really convoluted sometimes, especially on the podcast. I'm like, oh, Lord, I got to teach a class. Guys, oh it's not that serious. It's, it yeah. can be, people can get very confused on like, well, why do you say this? And why do you say this? Um, so it is that being from multiple ethnicities, especially with like African ancestry has its challenges being from America. Right. Because it's so black and white here.
0: Right. And then you grew up in multiple places as well, No,
1: So I am only from the Bay Area. Okay. You traveled after. And then I went to college in Germany and Austria. Okay.
0: Okay. And then you saw how those people reacted to your multi-ethnic identity. I'm sure it was. I just
1: said anything. I'm like, I'm Brazilian. They're like, Brazil? Like, I just was like, throw it out there. Me and my friend, my friend visited me. She's, she's black as well. And she visited me. She, people are asking us if we were singers. <laughs> like, oh my God, you guys just relax. Oh my but God. Also Europe, sometimes you just gotta, I'm not going to fight all of Europe. I gotta just protect my neck, protect right. my neck. Right. Get away from me. Right. But it's just, it's, it's hard to, I don't know. You've been have you been to Europe?
0: Yeah, I lived in London for a few years after college and I lived in Paris for a few months. Um I did like Oh,
1: how is Paris? London? Yeah. Paris. How I spent was Paris. a lot of
0: time in Italy. I feel like the so for me in my opinion, I think Italy is kind of the worst in terms of like the fetishization of black women. It's just like on a thousand like you get like what proposed you get to, to on the street.
1: Dude, it's so bad. I've never been to I've been to Sardinia. But I've never been to mainland Italy. Yeah. Sardinia was okay. Their flag is for like Moors, like more people. Ah. The flag is like four black men with blindfolds. Looks a little weird. But I still was like I was talking to some Sardinians. They're like, we are more people. I'm like, this is the first I've heard Europeans (laughs) claiming Moors. So I don't know what's going on in Sardinia. But I was in Portugal one time and Croatia. What is up with Italian men? Yeah. They were like, la Madonna negra. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't like the sound of that. And I don't even know what you just said, but <laughs> I don't like the negra part, dude. Yeah, And so people are just like fawning over you. Right
0: yeah, that's, that's, but it's like not in it's a way not that complimentary. Like makes you feel good. It's like very oh. fetishized. Um, and I spend a lot of time in Turkey. My husband's from there. And I feel so like cool. they love black people in Turkey, but it's more of like, I think it's American black, right? It's like, It's American. Yeah, it's like associated with like fame and that's who they see on TV. And then, yeah, Portugal, speaking of Portugal, I was so uncomfortable with the way that the transatlantic slave trade was positioned in all of the museums in Portugal. Like they're just like- Oh, oh, they toned it down? I mean, it's, they're like, these were explorers trading in like (laughs) humans. Like it's like very like not acknowledged in the museums and like the way they tell the story of how they like, got all of this capital. Well,
1: Portugal is one of the worst offenders. Of course. And that's so fun. I actually I didn't make it to a museum, believe it or
0: not. It's actually (laughs) You're not missing anything. It looked very frustrating
1: for me. I was like, what is this bullshit? The only thing I liked about when I was in Portugal was there were so many people from like Brazil and Mozambique and Angola and that I loved seeing, but I don't think I Understood enough of how it is to be black and Portugal. Very nice. I mean, no one was like racist towards me, but it—it's still there was this air of fetishizing. Yeah, that—that that I was like, this is—it's un- a little like, just let me be, just let me yeah. sit on the beach
0: with the some. Stop looking at me. Vino Verde. God damn it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> your dad being Persian and your mom being Panamanian and Colombian. I feel like those are both cultures with a deep beauty history, like deep beauty backgrounds. What have you learned anything from like your mom about beauty or has she like passed anything down to you? And then maybe for your dad not as much, but I know that like Persian beauty culture is like a big thing. It's insane. Yeah. Like what have you Persian like learned from your families?
1: Well, it's weird because Persian beauty, it's very like opulent, especially now that we have now, they have forced veiling, like mandatory veiling. So right. the women really only have like this much to say how attractive they are. Right. <laughs> like, no, I'm fly under this scarf. Yes. So they really like, I mean, it's like beat face yes. every day, yeah. which is stressful to me. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Iran. So when I, I did visit my family, Iran, I went and they were like, oh, they found everything wrong with me, possibles. I was like, <laughs> okay, I just met you. Uh, I was like, oh, you have mustache. Oh, like hair here. Oh no hair. Oh, like I was like, I do have a mustache. They were hypersensitive to hair <laughs> because they're hairy. Yeah, They all have nose jobs. This sounds so mean, but this is not, this is your false. experience. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Everybody wants a small nose. Everybody's like, I, I, it literally was the best place I got. they. I was a smooth, I was a smooth (laughs) baby uh, when I was in Iran because all my cousins were just like stringing all my hair away. I'm like, it's fine. ow! and I do like how like uh, celebratory they are of makeup and beauty Mm -hmm. and opulence of the woman and wear gold. And I think there's something really nice about that. Yeah. Because it's not necessarily what I'm comfortable with. So when you see everybody doing it, it's like, yes. That's so bad. Like when everyone's doing something, you see, you see, you get a little bit more convinced of it. Right. Whereas when I was in Panama, it was, it's so hot and so humid that it's not a lot of makeup. It's more like lip, earring, dress. They like express it in their dress more. Mm. Also because they can dress up, unlike you're on. So it just felt more... Like you could be sexy and you can express yourself being really sexy. In Iran, it's very pressed. So I wore a skirt that went below my, just right below my knee. And I was walking to a dinner in Iran and everyone's like, I've never seen such a short skirt. I was like, oh my God, am I going to get arrested? It was, it was weird. Everyone thought I was my dad's wife. So that was gross. (laughs) Uh, Everyone was like, Ethiopia, Ethiopia, Somali. I'm like, no. Rose dude. Like, I'm not. They they were asking him, like, where did you get your wife, Ethiopia or Somalia? Oh my God,
0: where did you get your wife? <laughs> That's so I was crazy.
1: highly offended. I was like, ex- my dad was so uncomfortable. Ugh, it was
0: just, oh my God.
1: But then in, in Panama, I could be more free. I, no one was asking me weird questions, and so you can express yourself a lot more in Panama. So I I think I lean towards the like humid beauty. Yes, not. Just glow skin, a little concealer, mascara, call it a day. But there is yeah. something nice about... I get very influenced when I'm around Persian girls, you know? It's like... Oh, yeah. Man.
0: I feel like that, like, winged eyeliner. Like, and also now that we have masks that we're wearing all the time, I feel like if you're going to something like you got it, the eye makeup's got to be on point. That's, like, all we've got. We're all going to be Persian girls. <laughs> exactly.
1: We're all going to be Persian girls. I mean, everything is like... And it's funny, too, because they're, everybody's eyebrows are... On point, perfect, and yeah, perfect. You can, if one they take it out, they're like, "What are you doing? What's wrong with your eyebrows? Pluck them." But some women have unibrows, but they're perfectly oh manicured, and they don't take it off because that's how their eyes grow. So it's like the most beat face, perfect eyebrows you could ever see. But it's a unibrow, and it's not. I love considered- that. I think that's cool. It's so cool. And it's not considered weird. I mean, I sure I made a face. I was like, "Eh, well, unibrow. (laughs) And everyone's like, it's beautiful. I'm like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. What's wrong with me? So it's nice to see it celebrated and not just living up to one universal Western beauty standard.
0: Yes. Was it weird for you to be covered up in Iran and like totally cover your body? By weird, do you mean sweltering
1: and I wanted to die the whole time? (laughs) Yes. It was like 54 degrees Celsius. That's like 125 degrees. And I have a scarf on and a jacket. I'm like, can we get a summer version? This is awful. I just, I can't. That's the only thing I think about. Uh, But I actually like the outfit because it was made in the 80s when the far right regime took over. So the cut is really pretty. It's like a very butterfly collar, thin like structured jacket. Mm -hmm. So it kind of is like, it's like sixties looking. I really like old sixties jackets. I have a million of them. So I liked the jacket. I got like a bunch to bring home, Um, but it is a weird symbol of oppression. So I felt like, yeah, uh,
0: I think symbol of oppression, but I also really respect women who choose to wear like full hijab and say that it's their choice to be covered. And like, I think there's a space for that as well. There is. The hijab is different than what I'm talking about in
1: Iran. It's called a manto and a rusari, And that's just basically you have to veil and you have to wear this jacket. And it's not about your connection to religion. Ah, it's okay. about the form of government in Iran. And, you know, we are ruled by constitution. They're ruled by the Quran and they pick and choose when it's convenient to enforce it. And so they have moral police outside of police and they go around and making sure like, Everything is according to what they deem like. Do men have to do anything? Yeah. Like guys can't wear shorts, but they're, they have it a little easier. Right. Like, of course. It's, it's, of course. So it's, it's weird because there are a lot of uh women like my grandma, my aunts and uncle or my aunts that they practice Islam. And my grandma's a haji, which means she's been to Mecca twice. Nice. She's a little old lady, but there is this, there's a weird gray area when you turn religion into law, where it stops being part of your self-expression and what you believe for your life. And it starts being oppressive to everybody. I don't know. It's a a weird gray area to come to terms with and being there. It was, I, I have mixed emotions about it. I love, because before the Shah fell and all that stuff, you couldn't veil in a lot of places. Right. So there's both sides to it. So if you believe in something for your religion and you're not allowed to do it because so much Western influence, it makes people uncomfortable and they want to be clicked up with the Western world. And now you have to veil. So I just, both extremes are so oppressive and they're oppressive to women. And I I took a cab in Iran and one taxi driver, who was so profound, he said, we're talking about, uh, veiling and stuff. And he, and right now, well, I haven't been there in a few years, but at that point you could wear the scarf, like right at the edge of your head. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, inch by inch, we, oh God, I'm going to mess it up and it's not going to sound that good. But basically he was saying every inch we unveil our women is an is inch towards freedom for them, something like, and then make it sound better. But it was, it was <laughs> something cool. To your point, I do understand that our way of being—I'm really flirty. I like showing off my sexuality, and a lot of people don't realize that just because people are conservative doesn't mean they're oppressed. Some women don't—that's not their way of right, right bonding with someone at first. That's not their way of communicating. That's a reserved way of communicating for a certain situation. So, I feel like as American women, we're like Uber. Don't you tell me what to do, Uber yes. independent, yes, fighting spirit, and I'm into it, and I'm like that, but I. I do understand that, you know, when you go to different cultures, yours isn't on the right side of things and theirs isn't always on the wrong side of things, you know, so you have to leave room for that.
0: Yeah. Well, we have to talk about your skin because you've got great skin. Please. Is it genetic or do you have a whole routine? So it's weird. I
1: had acne growing up. Not a lot, like one, okay. and then one would go down and then one would come. I'm like, it's like whack-a-mole, pimple whack-a-mole. But I had pretty good skin. And everybody was wearing foundation and I wanted to wear makeup. I love those old school cover girl powders because mm-hmm. they come press in these, like powder. Mar- press powder and they'd come in these marbly case colors, like a marbly seafoam green or like a purple. And I just love when the girls like, like the click. That's yeah. why I miss a flip phone. I'm like, I love a good slam. So I was like, no, I wouldn't wear it. But you know, they really like, it's as if people discovered like, Black people existed in the last ten years. There was no dark powder. there was no going I mean there kind of was, but it wasn't my my tone. So I went to the section that was for like black women, like more black owned companies, but I found my my skin tone um but because there's so little, there was so little going on now in retrospect, I realized I think I got a foundation or a cover up that was for mature skin because it was very heavily oil based. And it killed my skin. It really? My skin didn't know what happened. It was just like inflammation. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck did I do? I just wanted to wear makeup like everyone else. Nope. And so then I had like, I kind of battled the acne then. But because I had more acne, then I wore this freaking oil-based. Vehicle. And it felt like a mask, you know, going through high school. It felt like a mask. And I was always trying to cover and cover. And the covering created more outbreaks. And it just killed me. So I made a vow. I was like, I don't give a bleep about how my skin looks. I'm just stopping everything. So from that time, that was when I was in, that was a while ago. It was a long time ago. I don't wear face makeup because I just have such bad memories. I just felt like wearing a sweater on a sunny day. This sucks.
0: Yeah, I mean, it
1: can suffocate your skin. Oh, it was awful. It was really awful. It really felt claustrophobic. So after that, all I do is so, I don't put anything on my my proper skin. I also, you know what I do? I don't wash my forehead. I wash my really? once a month. I water rinse it and use like a rag, but I don't put soap on my forehead.
0: Interesting. Okay. So, you just cleanse from the eyebrows down. I do. It's this a, is the I first I'm hearing of this. <laughs> I'm going to
1: give you a lot of firsts here. Okay. So, don't cleanse the
0: forehead. Okay.
1: So, finally, when my skin got cleared, I was just like, okay, not putting anything on it, just let it be. And that's just kind of worked for me. So I just, I use Aesop everything for the most part. I love Aesop. I do. I do. It's funny because I go in there and they're like, your skin like, because they'll see the things I've bought. And I buy face cream and um, serum for oily skin, but I don't have oily skin. And they're always like, "Mm, that's not like really good for your skin. And I'm like, I like the dewy effect, lady. Give me the primrose. Um, I just like extra dew. You know what doesn't work for me? Gel gel. Uh,
0: mm. I'm not a fan. Of, I'm not a fan of gel based moisturizers. I, I wants- need a cream.
1: I need a cream. gel based moisturizers. Kill me. It's like a really it's like putting on a cheap chapstick. And you're just <laughs> yeah. like, this
0: isn't this isn't getting deep. I know. I'm not a fan. You're- My husband loves a gel based love- <laughs> moisturizer. And I'm like, get that away from me. And he hates oils. And I'm like, what is wrong Dude, with you? No, I'm, I'm an oil process. queen. oil
1: queen so i just do um that like i do aesop all the stuff but all my old school secrets old school stuff my mom is like you have i just i once a week and a half i do a um baking soda and like tea tree oil i just face mask no scrub
0: oh wow okay I know, but that's what my great grandma used to do. And she had no, a lot of people do it. It's sometimes it can be too acidic for different skin types, like it can be too harsh, but it's the kind of thing where you have to like to spot test. A lot of people do it. So I
1: do that. And then that's I kind of that's really it. I don't do much else for that. But so in quarantine, I always go to the Korean spa. There's so many Koreans here. I live in K Town and they scrub you to the damn. I'm like, Am I still black after this? Like you scrub my <laughs> scrub my melanin away. Um, so they scrub you so hardcore. And but you feel great afterwards. And they give you like a little scrubber to take home. So in quarantine, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna just try shit with my skin. And so I told myself, every day, scrub and then like heavy moisturize. Every time I take a shower, scrub. Nice my skin i'm like go up to my friends i'm like touch my thigh it's so smooth i didn't have like sm- soft leg skin for some reason everything else is pretty soft but my leg skin's like not that soft it's like a baby's butt and i had cracked skin you know the like kind of looks like cracked skin on parts of like your leg mm mm-hmm. do you know what i mean so i had shit like on my shins the cracks Like your skin separates, so it looks. it's like lighter skin. It almost looks like stretch marks, but it's just cracked skin. So it is a different color than your actual skin. So it's like light, cracks, juxtaposed with your actual skin color, so they really stick out. And I've had them for years. And I was like, I'm going to solve this. I'm going to solve this in quarantine. I don't know why. I'm just going to scrub and put organic, like raw shea butter on them. They're gone. gone. Yeah, The scrubbers that you get from the Korean spot. So I went online and I got Korean scrubbers. I use them every the hand. Day. mitts, like they're they're like yellow squares okay. and you put them in. You scrub literally just do this like a few times inside the mitt is all the little particles of skin. All immediately skin immediately like sucks it in.
0: Wow. I don't know. And I, then just I raw shea butter after raw
1: shea butter has solved every skin thing of mine ever. Yes. I had like a weird sunspot. I get I'm pretty brown on my shoulders and the sunspot was the color of like my, my nail. And I was like, oh it's God. Vitilago. I was like, oh my God, it's Vitilago. No, I don't know. I just was like, it's Vitilago because it wasn't like an injury. It just was a white patch. Yeah. And then I started like literally looking at like support groups, like living with Vitilago. And <laughs> I
0: was, You're and so, so dramatic.
1: <laughs> dude, hello. I'm in the right city. So, and it was there for like a year. Like, people were like, what's up with deer? I'm like, this, that's my friend. Okay. I use raw shea butter one week. It's gone. Wow. Can you put it I on your have, face? You can. And I do. And it doesn't well, make break s- out. I have
0: a sense of. Some I people, sense of sense. I can't. I can't. I can't put shea butter on my face. Organic raw? Yeah. No, trust me. I can't.
1: Okay. Because one time I was dating this white guy and we were hiking and he was like, I forgot my uh, sunscreen. I'm like, mm, try the shea butter. I slathered <laughs> it on him. He was like, I'm going to burn. And he didn't burn. So I don't really? know. To me, it's like a miracle drug.
0: Yeah. I feel like shea butter would make you like burn more.
1: I, you would think that, but they use or, raw shea butter in Africa when they go in the mines to protect themselves against like the minerals and the chemicals. It's Interesting. Because it's like a layer. So it's my mirror. It makes sense. It's like a, it's like a skin, like a barrier. So skin shields. Yes. Skin shield. I'm trying to tell you all my good ones, but mine sound a little hokey now that I say them out loud. Like, <laughs>
0: no. They're sounding a little no.
1: rickety. No, you know, you know do.
0: what they don't. What? It's it's all about like testing, testing and seeing what works for you. Like cause what works for one person's skin, it could be so different from for the next person. It, you're right.
1: And it's it's like dieting. You know, some people can eat yeah. something
0: all the time, but I eat it and I
1: it's not bad for me. It's just I can't digest it. So I feel like your skin gets used to certain things. You know what I also do? Now this one may be careful. Maybe like <laughs> maybe Brooke isn't fully endorsing everything everybody says on her podcast, but I use this aloe vera with lidocaine <laughs> sunburns. I know. Just go with me. It's like for, sun. okay, it is a miracle. I put it on my whole face. I take it off. Everyone's like, Oh my God. Did you, what did you do to your face?
0: Wait, wait, I don't what? know, dude. I need to understand what this is. Lidocaine. I know as a, like a topical <laughs> numbing agent, is this the right same lidocaine that I'm thinking of?
1: Yeah, it's like lidocaine <laughs> aloe vera mixed together. Where do you buy this? At the grocery store. And it's for okay. sunburns. It's for sunburns. Okay, okay. And it creates like a film and you just go to sleep and in the morning it's like... Doesn't your face get numb? Or does it? I don't know. I'm sleeping, <laughs> girl. God damn it. I told you this is this is pseudoscience. I'm just okay. telling you it, but works- it works
0: for you. Okay. No, I'm honestly very curious. Please DM us if anyone else has tried this because I would honestly love to know. No one else
1: has tried this, Brooke. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm the only one that's like, mm, put no, that's it. And then Persian rose water. I love rose water. Rose water every day. It's the best. Yeah.
0: It's that's
1: just like goes with the territory.
0: I need to know what your top three favorite beauty products are like if you could pick like what are your top three must have products
1: no i think i said some of them
0: (laughs) i shot i shot shot already we talked about skincare. you've got beautiful hair and beautiful makeup do you have like favorite like makeup or hair care things that you just like love
1: okay let's think outside of the lidocaine um (laughs) i can't endorse that someone's gonna have a bad reaction no one to do it do it on your wrist first so before I used to only wear my hair straight. I just, only, I haven't straightened in like a year, but my hair straight would only grow here and it would break off. And I didn't understand why. And my roommate works in hair care and um, she's worked for like extensions plus and she's always worked in hair care. So she knows a lot. And she was my old roommate. I don't have roommates anymore. Thank you. Most improved students. <laughs> uh, and she was like, go on this website. They'll tell you about how to take care of actual curly hair. And that's when I realized I've been running from my, hair for my whole life. Yeah. I always got, went to the salon, always got a relaxer. Anytime there was new growth, a two inch new growth, I'm like, take it away, please. And I didn't even know what my curl pattern looked like. I didn't know what my hair looked like. And I thought there was something weird about not knowing what my hair looks like that comes out of my head. Right. And uh, I wanted to improve that relationship with my hair. So I was like, okay, we're going to do the thing. And that's when I found out about, this is like years ago, but that's when I found out about like no poo and like these terms. I'm like, no poo. Co-washing. and I have no idea. And they really, on the internet, I mean, testing to black women, there was so much good information and good research and sound research. And anytime a new product would come on, Multiple people would review it. And this wasn't even for likes or for ads. It was just everybody helping each other out. And that's how I understood how to take care of my hair. Literally just fellow black women on the internet trying just (laughs) like I am. We're all kind of trying to get through this together. So there was something really nice about that. And then I would review something that I didn't find a review for. Then I would put it out there. So you kind of come up as like a collective in that. And so um, for a long time, it was diva curl. That was like the thing. I was like, yes. diva curl. that came out and that rocked everyone's world. Um, but now so many, there's so many products. So I generally yeah. try to do a, I don't really shampoo my hair. So I co-wash with, I went to Thailand and I know this is like, no one's endorsing this, but like no one's like, try this conditioner. But there's this head and shoulders that's a, <laughs> mint flavored. And when I put it on my head, I taste mint in my mouth. I don't know what's going on. With oh my this. God. It's probably like chemicals you should put in.
0: <laughs> I love your I beauty love recommendations. It. Lidocaine, head and shoulders that makes you taste oh mint God. in your mouth. I love it. Okay. Now, please continue.
1: I'm also starting a beauty podcast <laughs> it's called You Have a Year to Live after you use all my beauty podcasts. Okay. So it really is doesn't need to be that complicated. Yeah. Just get a conditioner you like. There's plenty of detergents in a conditioner. Wash your hair. Wide tooth comb. Comb that shit out. More conditioner. Oil. Leave. Do you do a leave-in conditioner? Leave-in and conditioner. Of course. Oh, my God. I would look like a French fry kid. you remember French fry kids? No. You're too young.
0: Anyways, they were at McDonald's. They were like little. Oh, you know what? I never went to McDonald's. I still to this day have never had a Big Mac and people think it's so bizarre. What did you eat growing up? We like weren't allowed to eat fast food. What did what, and th- why? I, that's oh, great. Why? My, that? my parents just didn't, we were like, weren't allowed. <laughs> we just like didn't what eat were fast you... food. Oh, so you couldn't eat fast food. Did you ever have Pizza Hut Taco Bell? We, so had Taco Bell by the time I got to college because that was like <laughs> oh, my, God. my own. Um, I remember I discovered it freshman year and I was like, oh my God, Taco Bell's so good. And I remember like ordering pizza. Like, so I think I had Domino's and stuff, but we just weren't. Like and and now it's been so long without having a Big Mac or McDonald's that I just haven't. Oh no, God,
1: who can eat that? Who's the, who has enough enzymes? That's kind <laughs> of the good thing about eating crap when you're young, because it's like, yay, you know, it's great. But now, oh, I know, no, that yeah. would kill me. It's it's like a rock in my stomach, and you're just like, oh, I regret. It's not real yeah. food, you know. It's, it's not fake. It's not. Did
0: you were you guys vegan or vegetarian or? Oh my God, no, no, no. no just no. like home cooked meals. Yeah. Or like we were able to like eat out I don't know. We just weren't, we weren't a family that was like going to McDonald's. That's so funny. Good. You didn't, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> You're fine. Except
1: those French fry kids. No. So I, I need conditioner, of course. So a conditioner, seal it with oil. You know, I like my mint, my oil mints on my head. So I do peppermint oil or some sort of
0: minty yeah, thing. Nice. I can see. Did you please. straighten your hair? It looks very professionally yeah. done. You did this nice. yourself? Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm so impressed. What'd you use? I have a Siddu straightener. Okay, nice.
1: So when it's straight, it just becomes oily very quick. So I do like a clarifying wash. I like it very, very dry when I straighten it just to last longer. But I never straighten. I just want to see how long in quarantine. It's very long. It's long. I know. Dude. For
0: listeners, it's like to my bra strap. No, no, like two inches past my brush. Wow. Growth. Quarantine. Length.
1: Come on. And it's funny because my friends, well, my friends are like, "Uh, you got to clip your ends. I'm like, no, that's called length. They're like, no, it's not.
0: (laughs) But you know what? It's because you haven't been doing heat that it's grown so long. Like, that's the thing. You can't, the more you heat your hair, the less it grows.
1: You know what's another one of my old lady do as I say, not as I do beauty tips? So when I was young, I just used to get pressing curls. And then I'd have like a just a shitty ceramic straightener at home. It was the wild west of beauty back then. Yeah. One time I was like, I don't want to wash my hair. This is like in junior high. It's like I don't want to wash my hair. I'm gonna have to go to get another. I didn't wash my hair. You don't even want to admit me. <laughs> I didn't wash my hair for like three or four months. I didn't oh do anything. God. It's just wait. I know. I just kept it straight keep like it this. Straight. Yeah, just so I was like, no, because you know, you have no idea about your hair, you're just like straight, straight, straight. And I used a curling iron in the morning to straighten it because I didn't have a straightener, so rough. Wait, but you're straightening
0: wrapped, your like dirty hair, straightened, you don't have to call it dirty, girl.
1: <laughs> okay, it okay. Unwashed, unwashed, um, your unwashed hair, you're right,
0: you're right, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. You're okay. straightening your unwashed hair,
1: thank you. Um, I straighten it really with like a curling iron, you know, just go quickly. Yeah. Things, the things we did. So I did that and I wrapped my hair every night. That was all I did. Granted, I was like, put on a hoodie. Who knows? It's probably disgusting. I was in seventh grade. So we did a bunch of weird shit. My hair grew, I think, five inches. Really?
0: It grew. (laughs) This is the secret.
1: (laughs) Everyone get those (laughs) smelly heads. They grow. I can't believe how much my hair grew. My, My hair grew. People were like, what the hell happened to your hair? and i have an inkling that your hair if it gets dirty enough if it gets unwashed enough yeah it just starts taking care of itself you know somehow mm. some way yeah. and it was like the oils that your hair puts out actually are the most nutrient for you now again this is pseudo science i do not <laughs> know this to be true but I've never experienced that. It was like an inch a month.
0: Oh, wow. That's a lot. Because I think our hair typically grows like a fourth of an inch or a half an inch a month.
1: And I've never had the courage. In quarantine, I've been like, I should go. I should <laughs> try pull a dirty again. head again. I should go back to my dirty hair ways. But uh, I see too many people. I don't also was like, who
0: wants to do that? But, uh, you know, when you're a kid, you just do nonsense. Things. Just do things. things? What's wrong with well, us? this is a perfect segue into your three biggest beauty mistakes. Oh, well, I think I told them the whole book
1: <laughs> are my i think my mistakes are my like my rose and my thorn are pretty similar mistakes uh mature skin oil based foundation <laughs> yeah um beauty mistakes let's see. I used to do this when I was a kid i i when I was at home a few months ago, my friend brought out all these old. <laughs> albums from high school and you know i've never wanted someone's house to burn in a fire so much (laughs) like these are so bad i you know sometimes you don't want to look some people look fly when they're young yeah i saw didn't you post a thing of your banks no
0: oh my god i looked awful
1: but they were you were still like
0: cute especially for the time
1: it was still like stop okay okay take the compliment you so i looked at yours i was like everyone has cute photos when they're in high school mine's look. And the amount of time I looked, I'm like, I look like an, like a male Iraqi insurgent from like 2002. (laughs) I look terrible. And I did this like only half my eye with mascara.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Dude, it was so bad. The thinnest eyebrows of life, like 1920s were in. (laughs) Just bad stuff. Bad stuff. I'm trying to think. Uh, Yeah, I think I've, I think I covered... A lot of the best. <laughs> I'm trying to think. There's probably a lot more. I can't remember. But I'd say, you know what? Also, why did bell bottoms feel so? I had super bells everywhere. I wore <laughs> so many bell bottoms. I put a pair and I'm like, they don't look fly at all on me. What happened? What do you, know. Can you explain bell bottoms to me? Why don't they look cute anymore to my eyes?
0: It's just the time. I think it was just the time. I had I had some crazy super bell bottoms that I was obsessed with super bells. They were so tight. (laughs) They were, they were. Well, okay. Let's, let's end on a glam moment. You went to the Oscars, not this year, last year, right?
1: No, I went to the last Oscars in person.
0: Yeah, probably like the last Oscars we're ever going to have in the history of the Oscars that we're like in COVID world. Um, What's it like getting like glamorous for like events like that? Is that fun? Do you like relish in it? Do you take a lot of time? Do you go professional hair and makeup? Do you get ready yourself? Do you like plan out your outfit far in advance?
1: I I, I actually was laughing because when you're like, you should be on my podcast. I'm like, I'm like good at the certain things in beauty, but very... I don't know. Like the, I know you always look great. My, thank you. But I think my relationship to beauty is very, keep it simple, not clothing wise. Like I love vintage clothes. I like to go all out. But so when I said I was doing the Oscars, my friend was like, ah, you got to get dressed by our friend, Brandon, who's a stylist. I'm like, nah, let's not fuss. Like no one cares that I'm going to be at the Oscars. She's like, absolutely not. Da-da-da. And then my other friends like, no, come with me to my rent the runway. So like I, rented my friend's runway. Okay, I love it. I feel bad. I feel like they're... Do they even have work? Do they, is there even a need for Rent the Runway?
0: I'm still doing Rent the Runway. I have an unlimited subscription. I'm loving it, especially being pregnant. It's like the best because I don't have to buy all these maternity clothes. <gasps> Wait,
1: that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I love Rent the Runway, but I go so many less places now. But um, so I rented the runway and I got this fabulous pantsuit. It was so pretty. And I love then, a pantsuit. I know. And then my friend was like, girl, send me, just send me inspo pictures. Like we'll do it up. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I sent him all these inspo. And then we just went to Santee Alley and pulled the cheap version of everything. And I had a ponytail. Oh my God. I never did any of this. And it was so, it was just so sweet to be in such a glamorous situation at the same time. am not going to lie. I think the next time I go to something like that, I'm going to be I'd prefer to be nominated or have a more of a reason to be there (laughs) because you're just kind of like, Oh, I'm, am I in the way? Sorry. And then I just, I spent the entire Oscars at the bar. It was the most poppinest thing ever. Yes. You don't realize it's just like this one international party. We think of it as this American thing. And then like some random film crew in Lithuania wins one thing a year. No, it was so amazing everybody from around the world was there they were so happy to be there yeah. it, it was like they're like the Bowl.
0: jaded american actors
1: no not this like oh my god yeah. no so basically you have they take a lot of commercial breaks and you have three minutes so if you don't get back in time in three minutes which you really can't you're stuck outside until the next commercial break but when i tell you i was out of the i don't even i barely <laughs> sat in my seat also lots of expensive alcohol you're there from 9 a.m. Like, and it's waiting. free.
0: Yeah,
1: it's free 99, but no food. Not a what they live
0: at the Oscars.
1: There's, there's like cracker jacks and some like cookies. I was gobbling it up like the cookie monster. I'm like, I'm getting alcohol poisoned because <laughs> I'm so. If you keep, keep me here at 10 a.m., and there's only fantastic champagne, there's just all this great energy. Everyone was so happy to be there. It was really cheery and there was so much alcohol around. I don't even drink that much, but you kind of didn't have a choice. So minus food at the Oscars. And then you go to all the parties afterwards and it's really fun. That's when you eat and stuff. But I was less into the glamour and the glitz of it. And I was really more into connecting with all these international people. Yeah. And like a really even playing field. Like the Casa Parasite was just kicking it. And then afterwards, they're like, we're going to this Korean barbecue spot. And the whole time I was like,
0: yeah, let's go with them.
1: Go with them. They were so great. Anyway, so it was it was really nice. It was more interesting to connect with all the people than it was of the like photos and glam of it all. So it was really cool. Cool.
0: I love that perspective. Well, final question I ask all of my guests, which is, when do you feel most beautiful?
1: Honestly, when I feel free. I know that's really broad, but when i really feel true freedom like walking down the street with my music on midday with a cute outfit on i just you know you feel really free You're like on a i bike a lot it's just like i can go anywhere i feel the most beautiful when i feel the most free even physically free, f- free to go anywhere and do anything and learn something so i that's really when i feel the most attractive i guess
0: i love that such a beautiful Yay. answer well, thank you so much for Bianca for being on the podcast. I will like link to your fabulous Instagram, your fabulous podcast, the YouTube if people want the visual. Are you used to people? I I feel like podcasts are so like, it's such an audio thing for me. I, I can't get into this idea of watching podcasts, but do most people watch your podcast or listen to it? No, most people listen to it.
1: I do think it's a little more fun visually, but it's also like, who has time? Our podcast is two hours. Most of the time it's people at work so they put it on yeah audio you know or on your commute they put it on audio so there's a select you get about between 10 and twenty thousand that watch on the video which i think is so much that's so much no but just like to watch i i, I just i can't watch anything on youtube that long so that's why i'm like i extra love the videos.
0: Yes, yes dealing with us on video and audio Yes. Well, I love the show and I'm so happy that I got to know you you a bit better. Thank you for having me. And thank you for sharing all of your beauty secrets with us, but also just like your perspective on life because that's that's what I really appreciate. I don't, people that are like obsessed with beauty, I don't really even care about having them on the show because like boring. I like people that have a perspective on life and then we talk about beauty.
1: Then you can add it in. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Great.
1: Thank you for having me. This is great. I'm so impressed by you.
0: Oh my gosh. And don't
1: <laughs> no, I am. And you're doing all this and you're pregnant. I'm like, girl, no one has any excuse. You are doing jobs on jobs on jobs.
0: Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week with a new episode.